The Start. On Demand. On Demand. Today is a special day on 680 CJOB. It is the 2022 Innovation HSC Radiothon presented by Merrick Holmes. And we want to thank our presenting partner, Merrick Holmes. We have lead-up supporters, Johnston Group and Arbor Memorial. Matching partners, Wawanisa Mutual Insurance Company and Access Credit Union. Our text to donate matching partner is Manitoba Pork. Events partners, Superior Asphalt and Paving, the Keg Stig House and Bar, Leah Mark, Zoom Phone, Genumark, and the Winnipeg Free Press, Loren. So many great organizations stepping up today to make those sponsorships, to make those donations, and of course donations today and all year assist HSC Foundation in supporting those who really provide patient care at the Health Sciences Centre. And so if you're wondering what the money goes towards, well, money raised through the Innovation HSC Radiothon helps improve patient care at HSC through crucial research initiatives. There's the acquisition of cutting-edge medical equipment that's badly needed, and of course, the development of new state-of-the-art facilities. And your donation really does make a difference, and we want you to help us. Help us ignite innovation by making a donation today. Those investments, Greg, they really translate into direct, better patient care. Yeah, today is about helping HSC deliver tomorrow's health care today, as my Grammy used to say, Good, better, best. Never let it rest till the good get better and the better best. And that's really what we're trying to do today. To make your gift now, visit hscfoundation.mb.ca or if you'd prefer to give them a call, 204-515-5612. You will hear this telephone number throughout the day, so don't panic if you didn't get it right now. 204-515-5612. And I think we all agree that one of the easiest ways you can donate is via your smartphone. Text HSCF, think of Health Sciences Center Foundation, to 20222-2022, and then another two to donate. $20 now, and to have your texted-in gift matched, this is up to $5,000 this morning by Manitoba Pork Producers. A very special day today, Brett, Loren. So we'll have much more through the morning and through the day. It's on until 6 p.m. here on 680 CJOB at 637. We'll start that off. We're going to speak to a grateful patient of HSC. And the Radiothon also will be on with our friends Power 97 and Peggy at 991 from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Also, of course, while we try to hear hope, or stories of hope and inspiration and people who are thankful for the great work at HSC. Um, that's going to be mixed today with this tragic story um, that we learned, I think it was just it was around noon yesterday, Loren, that this uh, these poor people who died at the border. It was uh, such a shock to read that. We know that there have been people crossing for years now, often coming into Canada seeking asylum. It really hit its peak around 2016, 2017, with hundreds of people crossing at Emerson, at Quebec, people looking to get to better, safer lands. This was an opposite story. We don't have all the details. We don't know necessarily what exactly transpired at the border. But from what police are saying, there were four people 
who potentially were split from a family that was trying to cross into the States, which is different than what we've heard in years past, a family trying to head south and four people dying, two adults, a teen and a baby. And when I woke up and, and looked outside this morning and saw that wind howling, you know, in the dead of night and that crisp, cold, awful, biting feeling of that wind just for seconds after stepping outside, you can't help but just imagine the desperation that must have been felt in the moments that, that these people were looking to try to get wherever they were trying to get. Obviously, a lot of information we don't have yet. We know some charges have been laid. We know that they're looking to see if there's connection with this charge of this Florida man to what went down near the border yesterday, Greg. And, and all you can think of really is in this cold, in the most extreme temperatures, to think that the goal was to find something better in in the dark of night. Uh, my mind is reeling from the, the possibilities here. Yeah, that's exactly what's been going on in my mind as I, I try to unravel this story and, and try to comprehend what uh, was so powerful to compel these people to make this trek to cross from Canada to the United States on a day uh, not dissimilar to what we're experiencing right now. It's tricky enough to drive out there this morning, and it's tricky enough to be outside on a day like today if you have all the very best, all the latest uh, snowmobile gear, or ski gear, whatever you might have. And it's hard to imagine that these people would have had the best of of any of that, trudging through the snow, uh, trying to cross the border undetected. Uh, It's it's almost unfathomable. It's heartbreaking. And uh, the the details are are unlikely, Brett, to make us feel much better uh, about what went down uh, at the border a couple of days ago. As you just noticed, Greg, having some technical issues this morning, the voice sounding slightly deeper this morning. A couple of cancellations to pass along with you as we're, we begin to compile this list. We can tell you Portage Prairie School Division, no buses running. Oakville and Hatterian schools will be closed. Lord Selkirk School Division closed. Interlake School Division closed. Loren, have you gotten the notification from Seine River? I haven't seen anything from Sane River okay. this morning. I checked with Red River Valley School Division because, of course, in the heart of the Red River open areas, I was looking at that one. I don't notice anything on their website. I do see now in Evergreen School Division, due to poor visibility and road conditions, buses are canceled and all school, schools are closed there today. Uh, one of our listeners, Craig, tells us that's the third day this week for that division as well. So another snow day in the Evergreen School Division. And we can tell you that Stonewall Children's Centre is closed as well. So as we get more of these cancelled, we will keep you up to date, and I know that our web team is working on getting that online as well. As we learned yesterday, four people, including an infant, have been found dead near Emerson, Manitoba, close to the U.S. border. It's believed they were all trying to enter the United States by foot and died from exposure to freezing temperatures, Loren. As Brittany Greenslade reports now, a Florida man has been charged with human smuggling. In the middle of winter and the punishing prairie cold, in the dark and on foot, no one should die like this. All victims were located approximately 9 to 12 meters from the border. And at this very early stage of the investigation, it appears that they all died due to exposure to cold weather. On Wednesday morning, U.S. Customs officers apprehended a group crossing near Emerson, a Manitoba border town. RCMP were alerted and hours later found the bodies, two adults, a teenage boy and an infant. 
The RCMP's assistant commissioner was visibly shaken. These victims face not only the cold weather, but also endless fields, large snowdrifts, and complete darkness. RCMP feared the crossing was organized. The victims abandoned. We're very concerned that this attempted crossing may have been facilitated in some way, and that these individuals, including an infant, were left on their own in the middle of a blizzard when the weather hovered around minus 35 degrees Celsius. Late Thursday, U.S. officials charged an American man with four counts of human smuggling. Court documents state the group may have been traveling with others who told police they'd been walking for more than 11 hours. Asylum seekers have often crossed to seek refuge in Canada. One night in 2017, 22 people were intercepted near this same place. But crossing south is less common. I do understand that for some there may be a great need to get to another country, but this is not the way. You will be risking your life and the lives of the people you care about if you try it. For now, there are so many questions, and the cross-border investigation is just beginning. Brittany Greenslade, Global News, Winnipeg. So according to those court documents that were filed in the United States in Minnesota, the man that was arrested for smuggling undocumented foreign nationals, they had two passengers with him. They then talked about uh, how they, the police then found four other people, Indian nationals, five, sorry, walking in the quarter mile south of the Canadian border. So they stopped and talked to those. And then the group estimated that they'd been walking, as Brittany said, for 11 hours. One of those members had a backpack with him that didn't belong to him. He said he had been carrying that backpack for this family of four Indian nationals. That's when that search was launched. The backpack contained children's clothes, diapers, toys, and some children's medication. That's, of course, when they found the four bodies. Lots more questions in this. We're going to work to get some of the answers for you, including why were they going south? We haven't heard that as often. Right now, we want to talk about the passing of Meatloaf, dead at the age of 74. Greg did... Did I see in our text chain this morning you have seen Meatloaf perform? I did see Meatloaf in 1994 before I moved to uh, the Okanagan Valley. My buddy Daryl Van Herxen and I went to see Meatloaf, and it was an absolutely fantastic concert experience at the old Winnipeg Arena. I met Meatloaf when I was about seven, eight years old at... uh, outside where our old building used to be when it was CKY and another radio station was in that building. Yeah. And uh, so always had a little bit of an affection for Meatloaf. And yeah, he was damn good in concert. So I suspect a lot of people who have gone to see Meatloaf were probably surprised at just how good it was. So that's what we want to know from you today at 204-780-6868. Have you ever gone to a concert that surprised you at just how much you enjoyed it? Or maybe... You went to a show because you liked the band or performer, but had no idea, no idea how good they were live. So let's go around the horn here. Mr. Poitras, how about we start with you, sir? Yeah, uh, for sh- first, like, Bad Out of Hell, like, that's, like, my dad. If there was, like, an album that was my dad, that that's one, and I grew up listening to that my whole entire life. And- Love big affection for that for that uh, for that album specifically, but um, lot the two that come to mind is Country Fest a number of years ago. Brooks and Dunn uh, was supposed to perform. We got tickets to that. They had to cancel um, because I guess Dunn's voice, even though I heard him on the radio uh, driving on the way home doing his uh, country music show. So I have a question. I have questions about that. I have certain allegations that I haven't uh, really investigated properly. But he was doing a radio show, but. He couldn't do the show because of his voice, so I don't know. It doesn't really add up. But uh, anyways, it ended up being good. Uh, um, 
because Keith Urban ended up showing up and I was not a big Keith Urban fan and he it was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. It was just absolutely incredible. Saw him at Country Fest and uh, just recently, actually last concert I went to, uh, my mom uh, wanted to go see Def Leppard and I, you know, I'd known of their music, of course, and uh, I was like, yeah, I'll go see him. And they were freaking awesome. That was such a great show. It was just such an awesome show. Uh, It was just tune after tune after tune and they the whole crowd was into it it was just a fantastic show at at uh, canada life center now now called canada life center so a uh, big fan of def leppard now for the rest of my life def leppard yeah man yeah. that's great uh jeff braun what about you oh you guys are bumming me out i had tickets to that def leppard show that uh, suddenly i found myself out of town that it night i awesome. had to give them up <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to go to the Meatloaf show in 94, but I was, uh, I was a teenager then and just couldn't uh, get the cash together to get myself a ticket for that one. So I had to miss out on that. The, the one I'm picking, though, is John Fogarty, who, of course, was the singer from Creedence Clearwater Revival. And I love CCR. And about 10 years ago, uh, Fogarty was playing at MTS Center and some friends and I went there. And I was sort of expecting, I think just because of hearing CCR on oldies radio for most of my life. That's how that's your in with CCR really when you're growing up in El- in Altona, Manitoba. And so I was expecting, you know, a sit down concert that would be kind of quiet and kind of folky or whatever. But it was one of the loudest rock in the shows I've ever been to. And I mean, I've seen Metallica and ACDC and Motley Crue, and I was shocked at how loud John Fogarty was and how he was just bellowing out just screeching these songs it was it was amazing it was just a terrific show and uh, we walked out of there just like oh my god what just happened to us that was insane excellent yeah no no kidding that would catch you off guard that's not what i would typically think uh loren what about you Okay, I've got a song in the wheel here, Brett, but I'm going to set it up because we're talking about sometimes you go to concerts and you didn't know them and you think, oh, wow, that's really incredible, right? Like you you, you mentioned, um, I went to Willie Nelson and I wasn't a fan and I thought, this is really fun. And I got into Blue Rodeo after seeing them live and all sorts of different things. But then there's the bands that you did love and you go see them and you're like, oh, gosh, this is terrible. This is not the same. <laughs> like I went and saw Motley Crue in the 90s and or sorry, 2003, I think. And I, boy, like the huffing and puffing on stage for girls, girls, girls was just <laughs> horrific. Like, oh, girls. And he points the mic to the crowd and you're like, he can't get through this song. But so there's sometimes you go see things and the nostalgia is gone. And I went to the I Love the 90s tour and I think Color Me Bad and all the rest. Like, okay, but not amazing. But when I turned 40, I went to Minneapolis with one of my best friends, Shauna, my sister and another girlfriend. And this band was just as much fun five years ago as they were 20 years ago. Oh, man, you can bring this down anytime, but NKOTB, I'm telling you, I was shocked at how much I still loved them. And they made so much fun of themselves, which was great. They're like, look at us with the moves still in our 40s. Like, they were great. I loved it. Well, that's, that's the concert that got me was this random boy band cover band that was playing at Club Region Event Center. And this girl I was dating, uh three years ago says I got these tickets for the show at Club Region you want to go and I said why not I like boy band music it's the most fun I've ever had at a concert I couldn't believe how much of a blast I had so that's great NKOTB so if you want to weigh in feel free 204-780-6868 the concerts that caught you by surprise it's a mess out there, Greg, and you're wondering, you've been having some issues uh, with your internet this morning, and you're wondering if that's being caused by the wind? 
Well, I'm trying. I'm grasping at straws, essentially <laughs> trying to figure out why I'm having issues with my internet. I haven't had internet internet issues in any way, shape, or form for weeks, months, maybe a couple of years. So here we are on an incredibly busy day. It's windy. Uh, my TV's going off and on. So I'm actually I'm in my car. <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> the, the cell phone coverage in my in my makeshift studio in the basement is next to nothing, so I'm out on the road again because uh, <laughs> I'm not going to sit in my driveway. I might as well do something. So I can tell you, yes, it's windy. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, it's the swirly. The swirly is hit your opinion. home. Thank you very much for joining us on this unexpectedly busy morning. This uh, weather situation, a bit of a glitch in the matrix to say the least, because today is a very important day at CJOB and Power 97 and Peggy at 99.1. It is, of course, the Innovation HSC Radiothon presented by Merrick Holmes. And so often, Brett, we hear about the fact that, listen, if you haven't been to HSC, you know someone who has, right? And so when you support the HSC Foundation with donations, you're improving healthcare for everyone, for all of us and all of our loved ones in Manitoba. Donors like you can support today, make a difference to the thousands who rely on HSC annually. We want you to be a part of Transforming Lives. So this hour is proudly supported by lead-up supporter Johnston Group, who has just contributed a matching gift of $12,000 to advance patient care at HSC through today's Radiothon. So let's say good morning to Dave Angus, who is the president of Johnston Group. Dave, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Brad. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. And hey, that's quite the donation, Dave. Um, why is HSC so important to Johnston Group and to you personally? Well, uh, first of all, uh, they're easy to give to. Uh, one of the things I like about Johnston Group when I joined the company about five years ago is that not only do, do we want to give to good causes, we want to get to know them. And we've been a longtime supporter of the Health Science Center Foundation because we got to know the work and the importance of it. All of the investments in research and technology and facility and people and all the things that go into this unbelievable level of care that you get at Health Science Center uh, is what we're supporting. Uh, and, and I just want to thank CGOB for doing this because it's great to tell the story of, of how Health Science Center has affected people in such a positive way. There are heroes that work day in and day out. We see it through COVID, but we saw it before COVID and we'll see it after COVID. And they deserve our support. And today is a day that we can all step forward and make a contribution to this wonderful cause. Well said, Dave. Let's welcome to the conversation this morning, Monique Levesque-Farrow. She's Director of Partnerships and Events at HSC Foundation. Monique, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for having us. Of course, uh, Dave Angus and Johnson Group are quite special to the foundation. Dave gave his perspective from his point of view and where he sits. Give them some well-deserved bouquets here, if you would, Monique. How long have they been supporting HSC? And can you give us an idea as to the level of support they've provided? Well, to give you some context, here at our office, we have a tradition of ringing the bell when we have great support, such as Johnston Groups, and they are at 20 years of support. So let's ring the bell for that. 
Incredible. Uh, to give you some context, uh, five-year commitment to our Radiothon, and that's so key because when you have cornerstone partners like Johnston Group and we have Zoom phones supporting our pre-calling efforts, we're able to promote those partners and really tell everyone when they're giving, their giving is matched over and over again, which is fantastic. Another thing I want to highlight is we have a Bannatine Legacy Circle Celebration, and they are a seven-year partner of that event. We really cannot say enough about Johnston Group and their support. So much great support out there, Monique. And Dave, I'm curious what your message would be to Manitobans who maybe don't have any experiences at HSC or have been lucky enough to never have to walk through those doors yet. Why, why is today important for those who might say, well, I don't know, I don't have a connection to that hospital? That's such a great question. In fact, you'll be hearing from a partner uh, later today from Arbor Memorial who does not have that connection. And when I was talking with him and prepping him for his interview, he said, it's not lost on me what we do for a living. And it's important that we support this hospital and the people who rely on this hospital. So it's important to support the healthcare workers as well. And And I'd like to weigh in on that, too. Uh, because I was one that's always been very healthy, uh, never had to really use uh, Health Science Centre much until five years ago. And I, and I was thinking about that this morning. I woke up one day, had a sharp pain in the back of my head, had to get rushed into the hospital, and found out I had a brain hemorrhage. And it was one of those things where you, it, it came out of nowhere. You never know when you're going to need it. And when I look back at that experience today, I don't think about the, the, uh, the fear and the uncertainty that went into it, all I can think about is the level of care that I had every step of the way during the worst moment of my life. And that is all on the unbelievable staff of the Health Science Center. So you never know when you're going to need it. And that's why you give. And that's why today Johnson Group is supporting the cause for sure. But I'd like to give a personal donation of $1,000 to kick things off today to honor all those people that helped me through the worst moment of my life. I owe them a great deal, and I thank them very much. And so I challenge all of my friends, well, if I had friends, I challenge all my friends, all my acquaintances uh, to step up today and give to this cause, not just about the money, but let's send a message to those heroes that are working day in and day out at Health Science Center, taking care of all of us as Manitobans. Let's do it today. Dave, you're an inspiration. You're a, you're a great friend uh, to uh, so many of us here in Winnipeg. We appreciate you very much. Monique, thanks for this. And, and today is about helping HSC deliver tomorrow's health care today. To make your gift now, to match Dave's challenge, or to at least attempt to do so, ring that you can bell. visit <laughs> hscfoundation.mb.ca. Give them a call, 204-515-5612, or do as so many are doing right now. You can text HSCF to 20222 to donate $20 now, and you'll have that $20 donation matched by our friends at Manitoba Pork Producers. Monique, thank you. Dave, thank you. Let's let's, uh, have an incredible day today. Thank you so much, everyone. If I could... Take care. If I could add, Dave, your son, Sean, has donated. <laughs> Sean the Angus Beefcake, my buddy Sean. boy. So it's time he got off his wallet. <laughs> That's Dave, fantastic news.
special day today. It's the 2022 Innovation HSC Radiothon presented by Merrick Holmes on until 6 p.m. on CJOB, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Power 97 and Peggy at 99.1. To make your gift now, visit hscfoundation.mb.ca. You can call 204-515-5612. That's 515-5612. Or you can text HSCF to 20222. That's HSCF to 20222 to donate $20 now to have your texted in gift matched up to $5,000 by Manitoba pork producers. Support Manitoba's hospital. Everyone needs HSC. You can be the difference today. They've been told repeatedly they are essential workers, an essential part of keeping the economy churning, essential to keeping frontline workers working to keeping kids in school. But Brett, some daycare workers, and we've heard this a few times over the past 22 months, some daycare workers say they don't really feel like they're being treated as an essential part of the process, particularly these days when it comes to access to masks and rapid tests. So our next guest is the executive director of Crestview Park Day Nursery. And in an email to us yesterday, she says that earlier this month, she was advised her daycare could access some rapid tests for COVID-19, but only for 10% of her employees. Well, she had to order those tests. This week, the tests arrived, but they're the wrong ones. And so she has to return the tests and reorder again, meaning this daycare and, and perhaps others like it won't have any rapid COVID tests for their employees for at least another week. Maya Morsadi is the executive director of Crestview and joins us now. Good morning, Maya. Good morning. Thanks for reaching out to us and sharing what you're going through. I want to start with that 10% rule or advice. I'm not sure where that came from. Can you explain why you were only allowed to apply for tests for 10% of your staff? Well, I will tell you that I applied for all my staff. We'll see if I get it. But... um, We were advised to apply for two tests for 10% of our staff. So for, and, and that was part of the circular. So for um, my two facilities, that means I would apply for five tests, um, which is ridiculous when I have 25 people working. Wow. Now, never mind uh, the low number of tests, Maya. What's this uh, that you're telling us about receiving the wrong tests? We did. We received the tests that were earmarked for, um, or should have been earmarked for clinics, doctor's office, those kinds of things. They were kits of 25 tests. However, they only had one vial of solution in them. Um, We were also, the instructions tell you not to divvy up the solution between uh, all the kits and put the kits together. So they're essentially uh, only usable in our office. So if a, a staff member was showing symptoms, they would have to come into the office, into the center, in amongst our children in order to have a test taken. They need to take two tests within 24 hours in order to return. So if they were symptomatic, again, they would have to come in a second time. Um, We were also told we were responsible for returning these tests. I was given an address where now I can get in the car and take these tests that was mistakenly sent to us back to the manufacturer or the company that distributes them, Um, much like we need to go and pick up our own uh, PPE every month uh, downtown. I, I'm, I'm highly doubtful that school principals or uh, 
administrators of clinics or hospitals have to go and get their own supplies. How does this compare, in your knowledge, to the way that tests were delivered to other groups like schools? Well, I do know that we're not alone. Um, I do know that, uh, I, for instance, I know in our school, because we are located in a school, um, teachers are just getting access to uh, tests um, this week as well. And, and ultimately, though, the tests themselves aren't the problem. Um, it's just a straw. And it's been one mistake after another by um, MELCC and the province since March 2020. So we're just tired of, uh, you know, child care field on a whole is just tired of one misstep after the other. You mentioned MELCC, that's Manitoba Early Child Care Center. Is that, am I getting that acronym Manitoba right? Manitoba Early Learning and Child Care. Right. It's, uh, it's the department that we are under. Now it's, it was under health. Now it's been moved under education. Um, but that's the department that we deal with. So you talked about being the straw, Maya, you know, and just in terms of how you're feeling. What's the ask here? What do you want the folks at the Manitoba Early Learning Child Care to hear? What do you want education to hear? What do you want the minister to hear? Like, what's the ask this morning? I, I think what, I, what we would ultimately ask for is to be recognized. Verbally, we're recognized over and over again as essential. But we're not feeling like it. We're feeling very much like Oliver in line asking for some more. Um, it's, it's being put on the forefront um, and being recognized as essential. And that means access to N95s and access to tests and things being provided for us as quickly as possible. Um, you know, I, we know how overwhelmed and tired teachers and schools are. We're in the same boat, and we are open during Christmas break. We are open during the summer. We are open during remote learning. We keep going, um, but we're not getting the support we need in order to keep going. Not to mention the little people you look after aren't vaccinated for the most part. For the most part, I out of my 100 children, um, it's only my kindergarten, so I have 20 of them that uh, have had or who are eligible for their first shots. I can't even guarantee that all of them have right. already. Um, and from what we're hearing from um, uh, about the, the vaccine for under five, uh, the first trials did not go well. And it's still uh, in the works, and it'll likely be the end of 2022 or early 2023 before we even see a vaccine for those little people. So we are dealing with the largest unvaccinated population, and they do not, preschoolers, do not social distance. Maya Marsadi, Executive Director of Crestview Park Day Nursery, joining us live on 680 CJOB. We thank you very much for bringing this to our attention and for joining us this morning. Thank you. I know I'm supposed to be reading something right now, Brett, but 
I don't have that information in front of me. (laughs) That's because you're in your car. That's right. Well, I can tell you that we will visit with Perry Merrick later in this hour. His family's support for this event was born out of an incredibly difficult time in Perry's life, which makes his story that much more heartwarming in our minds. Uh, Perry has become a dear friend over the years, and his generosity and willingness to share his experience is something that you will not want to miss later in this hour. So through donations, of course, today and all year, the HSC Foundation will support the delivery of the highest quality of patient care at HSC. Support Manitoba's hospitals. Everyone needs HSC. We talk about this so often that just because you maybe haven't been there, you likely know someone who has, and likely down the road, you or someone you know will have to go there again. So this hour, as we mentioned, proudly sponsored by Merrick Holmes, presenting partner of the 2022 Innovation HSC Radiothon. Greg, I have emailed you the script, so I'm hoping you can see that on your phone. And in the meantime, some incredible news. Merrick Holmes has committed to supporting this year's Radiothon with a contribution of $20,000, which will, of course, go a long way to enhancing patient care at the Health Sciences Center. There's such a generous group, such a generous family. Once again, Perry Merrick will join us after 9.30. And the funds raised today go such a long way in supporting the work of incredible people like our next guest. Dr. Faisal Siddique is Medical Director, Surgical Intensive Care Unit at HSC. Dr. Siddique, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. Thanks very much. I hope you guys are all staying warm and safe. Well, thank you for that. It's always great to visit with you. We appreciate your time. Now, you may know this, you may not. Loren is famously from Minnedosa, and uh, I spent what I call my formative years in Brandon. Tell us about your connection to Western Manitoba. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Brandon. Uh, we moved, uh, my father was a doctor in Brandon, and uh, we moved to Winnipeg kind of when I got to school age and spent some time in Winnipeg. And, you know, it's still... It's still I, I told, still tell everyone that's where I was born and raised, and uh, it's it's a wonderful part of of the province. This is my way of asking you how old you are. Were you around for the Bonanza restaurant of Brandon? Oh Go-to yes, I was. Yes, okay. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to derail and get into a chat about the buffet, but I just had to check, uh, Doctor Siddiqui. You spent part of your career as an ICU physician. Tell us about that part of the hospital, the level of care that needs to be delivered to patients who are in intensive care. For sure. So unfortunately, the intensive care unit is where people go when they need life support machines. That means they're on, uh, you know, their bodies are failing, uh, their organs are failing to the point where a machine is required to keep them alive. So the intensive care unit's unfortunately a place no one really wants to go and you really don't want to have family in there. But it is an integral part of helping people recover from serious illnesses. Um, that's where people who are on breathing machines or who have significant problems with their heart and they need specific medications to keep their blood flowing, uh, as well as if they've been in uh, serious accidents and they've had bad injuries to their head or bad injuries to their body, we care for them there. So the surgical intensive care unit and the intensive care units at Health Sciences are all geared towards helping the sickest of the sick in the hospital and helping as many of them get better if they can. Some doctors end up having a special connection to their patients. Some are accused of not having what we might call bedside manner. What's your approach to patient care? So uh, any patient who I've been had the pleasure of taking care of, uh, all the families, they all know that I introduce myself by my first name. 
Um, Dr. Siddiqui is like, you know, some random person, but I'm, my name's Faisal. That's what my mom calls me. And I tell people, call me by my first name, because I will treat you and your loved ones the same way I would treat my loved ones when they're in the hospital. Because that's what we want when we come to the hospital. We want people who care about us to care for us. So... Faisal, I will. Uh, I'll take that advice, and and just before we let you go, just how that connection drives you to do what you do, uh, you know, nursing, uh, police work, being a, a physician, it's a calling of sorts, and of course you you have the lineage, and of course your doc, your 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 father was a doctor, but just just talk about that calling and that and that need to to do this job, to be involved in this endeavor. Yeah. I think uh, Manitobans and Canadians are generous people, and we want to help each other. It's the reason why we're all willing to pay large, high taxes. Maybe not as high as they are right now, but we all pay our taxes. We all want to help our fellow citizens of Manitoba and our fellow citizens of our communities. Uh, whether you're in police services, whether you're uh, a nurse, a doctor, respiratory therapist, an allied health care personnel, whether you work in a grocery store or you work anywhere um, where you have to be face forward to the people of Manitoba, I think you have to really want to help people. And I, I really appreciate the people that I work with, and I appreciate the Manitobans who are willing to give of themselves, give you know hard-earned money to help HSC provide care because, I, like I tell all the trainees that I work with, I'm like, one day I'll be the person in the bed, and I hope that you guys do your best and treat me with with the respect that I treat you and everyone else. So my hat's off to all the people of Manitoba who are willing to help each other out and, you know, donating to HSC Foundation just allows us to help more people and it's going to be people like you. Wonderful words. Dr. Faisal Siddiqui joining us live on 680 CJOB, Medical Director, Surgical Intensive Care Unit at HFC. Doctor, thank you very much. We appreciate this, sir. No problem. Take care, sir. And once again, you can make a donation. Make your gift now. hscfoundation.mb.ca. You can call 204-515-5612. That's 515-5612. Or text HSCF to 20222 to donate $20 now to have your texted-in gift matched up to $5,000 by Manitoba Pork Producers. Right now, we want to introduce you to a member of the team which has so generously connected its name to this event as its presenting partner for five straight years now. They are also this half hour's presenting sponsor. Perry Merrick is VP of Architecture with Merrick Homes. Good morning, Perry. Very special day. Great to connect with you. Hey, Greg. How's it going? Nice to hear your voice again. How's Jackie doing? Jackie's great, and I know she would want me to send uh, her love to you and uh, everybody in your house. We're, we're big fans of yours, as you know, and it's uh, always great to, to speak with you. Thanks for being here and, and all you've done for HSC Foundation over the years. For those that don't know, and many of us do know your story, of course, and why HSC is so special to you and your family. And if you'll allow me, you know, it still strikes me, Perry, that the circumstances under which this connection to and with HSC was born out of. For those that don't know, why is this organization so special to Perry Merrick and his family? Well, 
for for Maricombs, uh, my business, we've had a we had a great professional uh, relationship, sponsoring all kinds of events for years. And then um, me, me personally, uh, my my late wife Marcy was treated there for leukemia, um, and the the care that we received there and she received there was absolutely world class. And um, she she left us in in 2016. Myself and my then two year old daughter, um, and we had. Uh, uh, but we still remember the experience there. They 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 did everything they could, and they have they need the support from the public, which this radiothon does, uh, to continue to provide world class healthcare and technology um, for all Manitobans. So our experience there was positive, and we also had, um, you know, life. I was talking about earlier this morning. There's it, life, life runs in cycles and there's vicissitudes and you know just i've since in the past a couple of years got, got remarried and hsc was where uh, my new daughter eight-month-old daughter was born uh, there in may so life kind of has its ups and downs and uh, the hsc is part of that circle of life for for all manitobans Wow, I'm so incredibly happy for you to hear that because it is about that circle. You talked about the outcome for your wife. She passed away and the outcome wasn't what you had hoped for. And then here you are years later, you have the outcome of a new little girl. And it doesn't necessarily have to be about where the journey takes you. It's the people that are with you along the way. And clearly that's why you have this special connection to the hospital, Perry. For sure. Even professionally, we had uh, one of Merrick Holmes's um a site supervisor, Daryl, a, a, a really key, important employee for our company, um, he was diagnosed with diverticulitis um, and dealing with it, but he had, in June, um, a really significant episode, and he needed to be airlifted in uh, from his neighbourhood, uh, which is just outside the city, into HSC to get emergency surgery. So, you know, he, in terms of memory, he lost about a week of his life, uh, but he says when he woke up, he was astounded by the care he received from all the staff, uh, all the doctors, the surgeons constantly checking in. And he, he to this day, he 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 written he wrote us a beautiful note explaining his um, experience there. And he he said, that, you know, without HSC, I don't think I'd be here today. And we're we're all um, all of us are touched by this amazing institution. So we're we're very happy that Daryl was treated there as well. Barry, where is the money uh, that you have donated been invested? Uh, it, it's usually fr- from ours. We, we it directly goes to the HSC Foundation. Um, so we we know that the money goes directly to the most important things, which are uh, care and staffing, um, and uh, ensuring that we we have the most up to date technology at the hospital. Um, and now. From obviously from every person in the world, their perspective, the healthcare industry is under intense scrutiny and pressure with COVID um, creating unbelievable stresses on all the staff. Uh, so every dollar that we help generate and that our province donates to the HSC will help alleviate that pressure and more evenly distribute, um, you know, the care that all Manitobans need, not necessarily just for the COVID. Uh, but everybody, surgery, uh, you know, injuries, illnesses, all of that. 
Well, Perry, I know I speak on behalf of many of your friends, many of Marcy's longtime friends. Uh, we're so happy to see how life has come full circle for you. We're, we're proud of, of where you've gone and, and how you've uh, turned this relationship through Marcy's illness and passing into something so wonderful for the community and something so special between HSC and, the, and, and yourselves. It's just wonderful. And, and, and thanks for being you, my friend. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Greg. You're putting a lump in my throat. Thank you. We we're hope we're we're doing Marcy's memory justice. So it's worth it. Well, I never got to meet Marcy, but from whatever you know, what Jackie tells me and all of her her friends, uh, I, I really missed out. And uh, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you, she's uh, super proud of you, my friend. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. To make your gift now visit hscfoundation.mb.ca, 204-515-5612. That's 204-515-5612. Text HSCF to 20222 to donate $20 now to have your texted-in gift matched up to $5,000 by Manitoba Pork Producers. And we say thanks once again to Perry Merrick, VP of Architecture. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.